Germans of Reddit, what is the family environment like when a grandpa or other close relative used to be in the Nazi regime, is it just ignored? My grandfather was part of the Hitler Jijunt, but only joined, when not joining was sorta of punished, like weaker grades and such. When he was 14, in 1945, he was ordered to the front line, where the US troops were approaching the Rhine, about 30 kilometers from our hometown. When he arrived, he saw that the massive artillery wasn't firing at an angle, to cover more distance, they were firing horizontally over the river. When my grandfather realized this meant either death or becoming a pal, he deserted and ran the 30-something kilometers home, with two of his best friends. He's been very vocal about his disgust with the regime to me and my sister, his fear about being caught and hanged when he was running for his life from the front. He's only opened up in revenge years, as he's getting older. So technically he was part of the regime, but an unwilling one. It's not often spoken about, because it hurts him a lot when he does, so we let him pick the moments. My grandmother was a small child during the war in Germany. She used to tell us the story of playing with her dolls in her room and looking out the window down the barrel of an American tank with five soldiers inside on top of it. My great grandmother was so excited the Americans were there she cooked them a full meal while they bounced my grandmother on their knee and played. I can't imagine being a small child and having a tank roll upon your house. Not German, but my great grandfather was a lieutenant in SS and fought in the Finland war. He was a huge butthole according to my dad. It was never talked about to my dad and he only found out when he was doing some research for a play he was writing last year. He found a book titled List Number, one of suspects of major crimes against the country, Norway, in a bookstore and looked up our last name for fun. He had a long talk with his parents that day. I think most people had an idea that something was going on. My grandpa was a child at the time and they lived near Hadamer, where they killed mentally disabled and burned them. He says that people knew sort of what was going on, but that there was a big blanket of silence. He once told me that he asked his father why thick black smoke came from the hospital in the city. His father slapped him for the question and told him not to ask about it anymore. Related. The fiancé of my grandmother was shot two weeks before the liberation during work for the resistance. He was recognized by soldiers, arrested and shot during his escape. My grandmother never talked about him, only once, but continued to visit his grave. She is 94 now, so her health prevents her. She would otherwise still go. That is pretty heartbreaking. I worked with a woman in her 60s whose family arrived in the UK from Germany in the early 1950s. She'd have been about 12 at the time I guess. It was common knowledge in her family that her mother had been part of the war effort back in Germany. It really interested me, and we spoke about it at length. There was a common acceptance that no one would ever ask the parents about the war and particularly the role that her mother had played. At the time of her mum's passing in the late 1990s she still had no idea what it was that her mother did, other than it being non-military but within government. She talked about it all with a real sense of inherited shame, so I would imagine that many families still in Germany with similar ties feel very much the same. That's about the same relationship I have with my grandfather about Nam. He was in Vietnam but the whole family knows how hellish it must have been so we just don't talk about it. Different reason for not talking but the relationship is about the same. Austrian here. My grandpa was born in 1916. 
He wasn't a member of the NSDAP, but like so many others he ended up in the Wehrmacht and fought in Russia. He never talked to me or my father about it, except once, when he was basically on his deathbed. It was obvious that he felt the need to teach the young generation about the horrors of war, but he was too ashamed for most of his life. He told me about finding a bunch of massacred 18-year-old Germans somewhere in Russia. They had their throats slit and their cut-off penises in their mouths. His commander then told his squad to retaliate by burning the nearby villages to the ground. He told me about his dear friend, who talked too much about some secret new weapon or whatever and was taken away and never seen again. The war ended for him when he lost a leg during battle and was captured by the Russians. He said he was beaten regularly by the prison guards, but he knew that being captured meant that at least he would survive. So, in a very twisted way, he seemed thankful for being imprisoned by them. And finally he told me about that memorable day, when he was free to return home to Eastern Austria and found out his wife has been repeatedly raped by the Russian occupants. Seeing that old, usually funny, one-legged man completely break down in tears was the most influential moment in my entire life. He passed away about two days later. I have chills just thinking about it. Ex-girlfriend's grandfather was SS. When I met him, he said to her sad he's British. But at least that's better than Jewish or Muslim. My grandfather was a pilot in WW2. He didn't do it because he was a Nazi. He wasn't. But because one day a consultant came into his school and said, I beg each and every one of you to join the Air Force. And not because you have to win the war. It's already lost. Everyone knows. But if you don't join you will be forcefully put into the Vuxterm. We all know what that means. So my grandpa joined the Air Force. After flying for two weeks he was shot down and taken into jail by the Brits. He always told me how very nice they were, having him and his friends jump into the river and swim down a few hundred meters to take him out again and let him run up to make him jump in again. What a great game so much fun I was 12 when he told me. It took me a lot of time to realize that this was no great fun. It was torture. He would never admit to it though. After all he lived through it so you don't have to. My grandpa dreads talking about the war. And even more he dreads talking about his father who, although not an active Nazi, was a huge admirer of Hitler's. He once met him apparently and raved about it to my dad when my dad was 6 years old. That was the last time my dad has ever heard of my great grandfather because my grandpa was not gonna have a Nazi around his kids. To this day my grandpa is very ashamed of his father and will never speak of him. I only know my grandpa cut him out because my father told me, my grandpa will turn 90 this year. He's of good health and I hope he'll make it through many more years. He's a wise and blunt man when it comes to Hitler and the war. He once told me a very memorable story. People that claim not having known about the Holocaust are liars. We all knew. We knew something was happening to the Jews. They just disappeared. We knew it had to be horrific but we were paralyzed by fear. People don't lie because they want to look better. They lie because they can't stomach that they didn't do anything. Nobody can stomach that. We let them die in those camps. We knew. We were just too cowardly to stand up and fight for our own neighbors. Our lies are just the protection from our own darkest and biggest regret. Edit. Thank you everyone for complimenting my grandpa. I will let him know. Someone requested an AMA with him and I will do my best to make it happen. Many people suggested I should sit down with him and make him tell me everything he remembers and I will do that as well. If it turns out to be something worth publishing I will do my best to make that happen. 
It's gonna be my grandpa's 90th birthday on the 26th of December. I bet he will be delighted to hear how many people are interested in his story. My opa was born in Bremen, and was lucky that he wasn't forced to join the military at first because of his trade, electrician, they needed him in town. The story he told me about his conscription involved he and his best friend, my uncle Helmut, who married his sister, participating in a soccer match against the Hitler Junjun. As he told it, the government would put on promotional matches against local teams to drum up patriotic support. He and the local club were told by their coach to lose, because there might be problems if they won. They, his team, thought this was nonsense, and proceeded to beat the youth by a point or two. After the game, their coach was in tears, and told them that if they hadn't signed up for the army yet they should do so immediately. My opa realized how serious this was and signed up, ending up assigned as an electrician to the air force. His best friend, Helmut, was woken by soldiers entering his home in the middle of the night, frog marching him to the army barracks, and being immediately entered into the infantry. Helmut fought in North Africa on the opposite side of another relative of mine on my father's side, an Irishman under the Brits. Apparently they got on well at the wedding. Opa ended up eventually being assigned to an AA battery in the Battle of Berlin, and had a 12-year-old Hitler youth put a gun in his face when Opa told the children he had been put in charge of that they should abandon their post and make their way west to surrender to the Americans rather than to the Russians. He convinced 5 or 6 kids to leave after a shell destroyed most of their position, and killed a number of the kids, and they spent most of the night crawling through ditches and drainage pipes to eventually get to some allies they could submit themselves to. Only 2 other people in his group made it with him. 2 of the ones that left decided they would make a last stand for their country by attacking some soldiers with a pistol each. Opa never really liked the depictions of the Nazis in American films. He didn't like they were usually painted entirely as evil, as opposed to the frightened, coerced children young men they often were. He never really talked about the war that much, except the rare times he was drunk, but always spoke about the Nazis with venom and as if they were an occupying force in German life. I think he felt they stole the country from regular Germans and drove them into war and madness. I realize now that my basic memory of Opa is of him sitting at the kitchen table chain smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee well into the night. He never slept well, while reading trashy harlequin romances. I hope they brought him some solace. I don't know if this counts since I live in the states but I'm related to Erwin Rommel, or the dessert fox. Whenever the situation gets brought up about him we don't really shy away from it. We just try to think while he may have been part of it at least he was part of the 20th of July plot to kill Hitler. It's odd to think that afterwards Hitler promised him his family would be safe if he killed himself. My family kind of goes on because of the mercy of Hitler on them after the assassination attempt. You're probably lucky in that if any high rank of the German big namers is going to be respected, it's Rommel. Not that he was a sin but he was a soldier through and through. But for Nazism and I imagine if he'd had the chance, after Nazism. I'm an Italian American and my grandfather is an unrepentant fascist and pro-Nazi. He was born in the late 20s, and was too young to join the war. He was active in a fascist youth group, however, and his older brother fought in Ethiopia and was later detained in Auschwitz, when he was 16. Mussolini's regime collapsed and the Germans occupied the Italian peninsula. My grandfather's family is Calabrese, 
meaning they lived in the tip of the peninsula. One day during the final preparations for the Allied invasion, he and his buddies were up drinking in the hills. They went into a cave where they used to hang out, and found a wounded American paratrooper hiding inside. My grandfather's friends ran off to get him some food, the Americani were already being heralded as the coming liberators of Italy by word of mouth. He ran off and told Wehrmacht authorities, and the poor soldier was captured. He was awarded a low-ranking Iron Cross for his efforts. I don't blame him for how he thinks. He came of age in a world where heroes wore swastikas, and in his advanced age, it's come back in full effect. My grandfather is not a good man. He has severe personality issues to this day, and often extols the Nazis and their virtues at family gatherings, much to our mortification and disgust. Still. He has lived in interesting and dangerous times, and produced a lifetime of fascinating stories I'll share some more if you're interested. At least he did not kill the paratrooper right then and there himself. At this point, basically everyone who was old enough in World War II to be more than a low-ranked private insert equivalent rank hero who lied about their enlistment age is dead. There's a good few of the former Hitler youth still kicking though. That being said, I highly recommend the documentary World at War. It was made several decades ago, and thus contains a whole bunch of interviews from people of that time period. I would also recommend Sins of Our Fathers, which is pretty much exactly about what the OP is asking. Well we are aging our way out of that particular problem right now. Somebody born on the day the Nazi regime surrendered would be 71 right now after all and there are fewer and fewer people left who live through the Nazi rule as adults. To have actually voted for the Nazis in last election in 1933 one would have to have been 20 at that time and thus born in 1913. The number of people still alive who fit that bill is increasingly small. Of course it wasn't always that way. When I grew up there were a lot of more people around who actively lived through those days. Generally it wasn't brought up without good reason and those reason were few. Thanks to the way the Nazi regime worked, very few people managed to avoid participating in the system in some form. Membership in organization like the Hilter Youth were mandatory if you fit the criteria and for other organizations it was strongly encouraged. Many ended up joining the party not out of conviction but because they just wanted to get on with life. So for the most part after the war there were very few people who were not sitting in glass houses and able to throw stones. Almost everyone still alive had been to some degree a part of the system. The few who honestly could have held up their own past as an example of what everyone should have done largely refrained from that sort of thing. For specific events it varied quite a bit. For example when we learned about the fate of the synagogue in town in school the general consensus was that it hadn't been locals who burned it down during the Riach's crystal natched and killed the young man inside. It supposedly had been some youths from the big city who did it. That may or may not have been true, but of a very convenient story for everyone to go along with. It doesn't help that very few people came out entirely unscanted from the whole thing. My grandmother lost her first husband in the war and my grandfather spent some time as a POW in Russia that he never quite mentally recovered from. So this whole era was never something you could bring up in casual conversation. Yet, yeah, this sounds a lot more realistic than some other answers. With each generation, we begin to become more apathetic to the horrors of the previous generations because we lose the people who have actually lived through them. I lived in Germany from 82 to 86. I lived in a basement apartment of a 50 year old lady and her husband. 
Her mother also always came by, they loved me, so when her mother came by, she would come downstairs to get me so we could drink together. The entire family claims that the Russians and Americans conspired to fake the death camps. They do not believe that that ever actually happened. They are still very pro-Hitler. I never argued or said anything negative to them when we discussed it. We were probably about 150 miles east of Dokkau, so they may not have known about it. The town was very small, maybe 800 people. There may not have even been any Jews in the town, so they may not have even seen anyone deported. But I cannot believe for a second that they did not hear things or know things. I happen to have a great great grandfather whom I know nothing about. I only heard of him and what he did through my mother who heard it through her father who still knew barely anything besides that he was a general. He never went to America however his wife left him with his kids to America before the war even ended. Illegally I believe. Since then I've been trying to find out more about him but it hasn't really been working. My family has literally removed his face from many 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 If you have documents and they literally blanked out the name with whiteout, you should be able to somewhat view it by holding the document up to strong light and looking through the back. Or you can very carefully scratch at the whiteout, it's usually pretty brittle. You may also be able to get his name from public birth records if you look up your great grandfather. My SOS granddad was conscripted in the Germany army at the end of the war. As he was only 17 18 in 1944 he would have grown up under Hitler. He knew no other world. After the war he and his wife jumped onto a boat to the other side of the world. Once they arrived they stopped speaking German. He never spoke of his war experiences until a few years before his death and only small things. His own children didn't know he was in the German army until much much later. I looked up the timing and where he was from. He would have experienced the Russian invasion. I understand why they never spoke of it. From what my so said the man never showed any racism towards anyone. Ever. That is pretty good going for a man who spent almost all of his formative years under Hitler. My great grandfather was a doctor during the time of the Third Reich. He always was very clear about how the Nazis were the biggest catastrophe that could have happened to Germany. Also, he claimed that he wouldn't join the Nazi party, even when the Ars Tecuma, something like Medical Council Chamber or Medical Association, tried to pressure him into it. After he died my grandmother and other relatives went through his stuff and surprisingly found a membership certificate that stated that he was a member of the party after all. Even though he told everyone his whole life that he never was. That kinda shocked everybody and it left a bitter taste in many mouths. Since nobody was able to ask him why. Maybe he was threatened? Maybe he just joined because he thought they were doing the right thing? Nobody knows, and we never will. It really struck a chord in me when I heard because he was a very smart and educated man. I never saw a flicker of racism or xenophobia in him. But I always wonder why he lied about it. Maybe it was shame. I have no idea. He likely had no choice but to join. Professionally if he didn't he likely wouldn't have been able to practice. So he joined, kept it quiet and spoke his true feelings. I had a great grandpa who was a spokesman for Hitler and from what my dad says went to his grave with some deep secrets. And had a great great uncle who was an SS officer. It's completely ignored. You don't bring it up. Sadly some of my family on that side are neo-Nazis and see nothing wrong with what took place. Others are ashamed but will not talk about it. 
My grandpa was 15 when he had to go to war. Goes without saying that it wasn't his own decision at this age. He was imprisoned by Frenchers in 1945 and was able to flee back to Germany till the war was over. It was anyway a really depressing time for him and I didn't ask a lot about the time because I had the feeling he moved on. My grandma was still a child at the end of the war so she didn't partake in any way really. But my mother does say that she never really talked about it and generally doesn't like talking about inconvenient topics which she associates with her having lived in that time. My great grandfather was as Nazi as one can be. He supported Hitler in every way. He worked as a doctor in a race hygiene hospital, where he castrated and euthanized disabled boys and he left his pregnant wife with three kids for another woman. In the middle of the goddamned war, did I mention he killed cats for fun, because he was scared for his guinea pigs? Everyone in my family, who's old enough knows about this, yet his children, primarily from his second wife, glorify him. They only talk about his great accomplishments as a father and grandfather and never on mention what a monster he was, even though they're not racist or anti-semitistic at all. Oh, and two years ago we found out he had another two sons with his secretary. They got happily accepted into the family. People are weird. This is going to get buried but I will write about it anyways. Born in 1923 my grandpa lived through most of the time that the Nazis had a significant impact on Germany. He grew up on a small farm in East Prussia near today's Kaliningrad and was a member of the Hitler Youth. When I joined our local boy scout group, he talked how much fun he had at the Hitler Youth and that it should teach me a fair amount of manly skills. During his time in the HY, he was approached by somebody from the local Nepola, a state-funded boarding school. Because not only was a very good track athlete and boxer but also really liked the things they told us at the Hitler Youth. But his father wouldn't let him go. They had a farm to take care of and his help was needed year around. At multiple times he told my dad that he sometimes is very glad he did not go. When the war broke out, his father was drafted and put to use. He stayed home and took care of the farm himself. In 1940 his father was injured and sent home for good. Once they were assigned some force laborers, he decided to join the army or so he said, because this is where things get fishy. My grandfather always talked about his time at the Wehrmacht and where they trained and what he did for fun with his friends there. There were so many times he would tell me bedtime stories about his time in the war and my dad used to listen to the same stories oh. Did he tell that story again but it was always him being part of the regular army. Just a simple soldier doing his duty fighting. Nothing about being a Nazi. However, his portraits in uniform that we found after his death showed him in clear SS uniform and when we looked into the places he went for training, all those places turned out to have been mainly SS training sites. He must have been an SS member, but it goes to show that, in retrospect, my grandpa was definitely not very proud of his time there. I still remember him telling me not to join the army when it was my turn to get drafted for military service as nothing good has ever come from war and destruction. We never really thought about him possibly being in the SS and he never really exhibited any ideological thinking. In fact he was very critical in regards to the Nazi era, reflected well on current issues and he even joined me on a protest march against neo-Nazis. TLDR. Grandpa liked talking about the Nazi time, but not about him being a Nazi. Looks like I'm late, but my Opa's story is interesting. My Opa was a Pole. When his village was invaded by the Germans, 
All men and boys were either conscripted into the army or sent to pre-army work camps where they learned how to be soldiers. My opa's father was the village mayor, so his family was given preferential treatment and awarded SS status. Both of opa's older brothers, as well as his father were SS men, while opa, who was 15 when the Germans invaded, was sent to one of the soldier camps. His brothers were killed. His father was injured, and Opa basically learned to hate the war. When he turned 18, he refused to become an SS man and was instead sent to the Russian front line, which I'm told was somewhere in the Ukraine at the time. During his time on the front line, he was injured by shrapnel twice, returned to the front line twice, and on the second return, he shot himself in the hand so he could stay away from the war. Upon his third return to the front line, he disbanded from his group in search of the Americans. His war, he decided, was over. He snuck around the countryside and eventually came upon an American camp where they took him in as a POW. He suffered through poor living conditions, but he ultimately survived. When the war ended and he was able to return to his mother, the reunion pictures, his mother, father, and three younger siblings, show him looking gaunt and malnourished, scarred by the war and likely trying to escape PTSD. He immigrated to Canada in 1948, leaving behind a pregnant fiancé who later died during childbirth. After immigrating, he traveled the Canadian prairies helping as a farmhand. He met my Oma in the late 50s and by 1962 my mother was born. He never spoke about the war to his wife, or his kids. His life in Canada, I think, was supposed to be an escape from those memories. From what I understand he fell into alcoholism sometime in the late 60s and that persisted until his first stroke in 1998. When I was 8 years old, he had to quit drinking and started to open up, to me specifically, about his war experiences. As a naive kid, I had lots of innocent questions. He told me lots of stories. My relationship with my opa was to this day, the most important relationship I've had in my life. He was such a central figure to my upbringing. I hold his memory in extremely high regard. He died in 2008. I still wake up crying when he shows up in my dreams. If you are new to the channel, you can subscribe. I publish new videos every day. Until then, check another video. Bye for now.